The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman. David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, January 10th, 2022, Season 17. Well, episode number 94. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. It is a victory Monday. Cowboys are heading to the playoffs. They get a big win on uh, Saturday night uh, versus the Philadelphia Eagles, 51-26. to We're going to talk all about that. And uh, start a little talk on the playoffs uh, here later in the show. Nick, let's start off with a 94. There can really only be one, right? Michael Myers? <laughs> sure, Michael Myers. Let's what do you mean there's only Myers one? On there's three. Is it? Yes, that's why they do it. I yeah, mean, I that's why they do it. I know. Haley. He's just my favorite. Which one? D-Ware? Yeah, it's my favorite. Oh, okay. Who's the third? Am I bad? Gregory? If I... Oh, okay. I did. That's why okay. they one do that it. Yours. Hey, Randy's my guy <laughs> right, of all guys. Yours. Well, yeah. I didn't know we were putting him there with D-Ware and Haley. I mean, that's yeah. those are... He's got the number. But that's a ring of honor. Yeah. Yeah. They, and, the, and Jerry put him there. He yeah. did. Jerry, he gave him the yeah. number. Yeah. And he stuck by him. True. Okay. Which is another reason why they got to pay him. Because if you're going to stick by him, well, who was your, one of you guys were making that point last week. If you're going to stick by him all this time and then get to a point where now he's playing well, don't let you him go at this point. Him. Yeah, exactly. Pay, uh, yeah. Get, get the dividends off of uh, all that invested time that you put into him. All right, let's talk about this, uh, this win. Uh, Cowboys win 51-26. I don't know. It was just it, from the beginning of the game, you just saw that, especially offensively, this Cowboys team was clicking. Let's go through first and get some storylines. What's the big storyline takeaway uh, from that game uh, here on Monday morning? I mean, a big, big, big picture storyline is that it worked out perfectly. I, I kind of like my eyebrows went up when you said they were clicking. They were. Don't get me wrong. They were playing the B team or the C team even. I mean, I guess the big picture is that Philly made it really clear what their priorities were going into that game. I mean, they left 11 starters on the COVID list and they pulled another 10 healthy players. Uh, so not to take credit away from what the Cowboys did, like they wanted to go get some work, get some momentum going. They did all of that. Uh, let's see how it translates. I thought they, they did a great job in, you know, in the offense. I mean, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. I thought Dak threw the ball better. You could tell he, his throws were on point. He, that was early on in the game. They went and scored just about every time they had to. Um, and I think they had some fun. They had fun out there, and they needed to do that. And, you know, beating the little brother like that and beating him up, I guess. I, I don't have a little brother, but if you had one, I guess that's what you that's what it feels like because that's what they, they did to Philly. So. And the, the roles have been flipped, but right now, that's the way it is. Absolutely perfect game for the Cowboys. Everything they needed worked to their advantage. They walked out with no really any major injuries or anything like that. That worked out. They played all the way into the third quarter with their starters. That worked out. They beat a team that even though you could say a B or C team, that's what they needed because they needed to walk out of that game with the kind of confidence that they walked out of there. So I think it was great. I think it, it's a great start into the playoffs, and we'll see. Now we're all in. This is it. It's happening, and 
We'll see how they played this week against a better team than the Eagles. That's, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. That, that's a really great point. And I guess my big takeaway is just it was a weekend full of people's decisions that maybe I didn't agree with working out. You know, like I, I don't I don't make the decisions. And that's why, like Cowboys decided to play everybody for as long as they needed to. They got out of it without anything really bad happening. They got the win. They get to feel good about themselves. I'm over here like, why are we playing this on a Saturday? Well, the Cowboys won, which put pressure on the other teams. Why are we flexing all these games to 3.30 in the afternoon? That's why. Like, yesterday was amazing. So, like, all the league's decisions worked out. The Cowboys' decisions worked out. And I just have to eat crow, I guess. And <laughs> records and milestones. <laughs> Ain't the first or last time. Right? Nope. Yeah. Records and milestones matter yeah. to, to the players and to the coaches doing it. Yep. To the fans, maybe. But th- they matter. Uh, trust me, we were in the press box. We, we could see there was technology, radio wa- waves going back and forth on stats in the game. Mm-hmm. People down there wanted to know what the stats were. They? Oh, yeah, where Zeke was in 1,000 yards. I mean, I mean, Dak's gone the two-yard line. He was never running the ball in until mm-hmm. that record was there. And then the record gets there. Now we're handing the ball off to every running back that's even thought about being on this practice. So not just that. Like, the sequence of, like, they threw it at – or maybe they handed it to Corey Clement. They threw it to Jeremy Sprinkle. Then they threw it to Corey Clement. Then Jaquan Hardy gets in the game. There was definitely a moment in the fourth quarter. Edo Smith. And- Edo Smith. Me and yeah. Nick were just like, they're going for this record. And yeah. I don't care what they say. Like, they can downplay it all they want to. Yeah. And I, I will say this. I, I kind of agree with Amber on this. I think it was about rhythm. Like, what we keep hearing from this offense is they haven't quite found – they were, haven't found the rhythm here over the t- games where they weren't playing at their best. And so it didn't matter who they were playing. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really matter if you're playing the B team, B team, C team, whatever. The point is you wanted to find a rhythm so that heading into the playoffs you feel like you're just operating at a different level. And that's what I think they were able to get out of this game. I will see. I hope so for their sake. We don't know if it's going to work. I'm saying that was their goal. Their goal yeah. was to find their no, rhythm. That you know? you're right. Well, I, that was their goal. We don't know if it worked. Right. Honestly, like I, I hope it did because if you watch that Rams game, that's a nasty front coming to AT and T Stadium on Sunday afternoon. So I hope they found something. Yeah, and even more importantly, that run game. Uh, yeah. We're going to get we'll into get that to all it. Week. That's good. that is not. You didn't win. Uh, anything great by having to face San Francisco if you watch that game and you what kinda, they could do on the ground. And like Nick and I were texting back and forth all afternoon, just sort of trying to. I mean, <laughs> we had a funny exchange where, yeah. like, in the second quarter of that game, I texted Nick and Rob, and I was like, "All right, so it's the Rams. Let's like let's get that story ready." The Cardinals. Yeah. Or, sorry, Cardinals. The Cardinals. But Nick was like, "Jesus, like, are the Rams going to win the Super Bowl? This is ridiculous." Yeah. And then an hour later, I texted Nick, and I was like. You think we should write a story about maybe needing to play the 49ers? <laughs> and like by the end of that game, I was just like, is it good that they're moving up yeah, or right. are we, should we not be happy about this? That's kind of Twitter yesterday. Yeah. Like if you were on Twitter, Twitter was all over the map yesterday because there were so many games where it was like, you'd think one thing and then a little bit later it's like, whoa, whoa, hold the presses. Yeah. I don't know what's happening here. Everything's changing. Right, right. You it know, was, somebody tweeted at, at us too that said, Everyone keeps talking about not playing Green Bay. You know, now you don't play Green Bay in the second round. If you get to the second round, you just have to go play Tom Brady, probably, who's never beaten. You've never beaten, you know. So either way, like, you got to stop this nasty run. Have they ever beaten Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. 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 Dak beat him once. A couple times. They've beaten him a couple times. Not, I mean, I'll tell you like this. Not in the playoffs. I'd I'd much rather go to Tampa Bay than go to Green Bay. Well, this is no what, doubt about this it. what I said on the radio this morning, too, uh, was 
it doesn't matter like where you play. You know this. For the first two, if you get two two games, you know that you're not going to be in cold weather. You're mm-hmm. just not. You're going to be at home or you're going to be in Tampa. So Dax had good games at home. He had a really good game in Tampa as well. Mm-hmm. When the, you can throw the ball, the weather is not, not a factor. It was not a factor against Philly. Um, wasn't windy like I as I as I <laughs> it was kind of funny though as I let you guys know yeah uh, it wasn't so good good job meteorologist Derek over here it was the weather app oh, <laughs> it's not hey, me it still wasn't pleasant outside just <laughs> no, I'll say it that. Cold. I'm sure it looked like it was kind of cold you could yeah. tell by the look on people's faces all right um, here's what I'm gonna do we're gonna do a little what's thing funny, real quick mm-hmm. what's funny is like you guys keep talking about the opponent oh good things not Green Bay or whatever but in reality it's like any team is going to be a struggle. Mm -hmm. Like with the Cowboys, these are the kinds of teams that they have struggled with in the regular season this year. So regardless of who it is, and I get it, some teams are better than the other, but either way, it's going to be a problem. There are no cupcakes in the playoffs. This looks a lot like Denver, though, which is scary. because It's just that a really strong running game, you don't even know who the running backs are. They're just good because they run the ball well. Their quarterback, you don't think he's that great, but – you know he can manage the game and He's he can good he can, he can get it going. Yeah, yeah. so uh, this, I don't know if Denver is a good example because that was so embarrassing. But but it, it, you're right. I mean, it's a game like that where it's just it's now it was a different type of game. You thought it was going to be more, you know, fast paced, whatever, lots of score. Now it's more of a fist fight. Yeah. So and and the as, Cowboys have showed they can win both ways. So this they're going to be tested though. And as we know, who've been around AT and T Stadium. When San Francisco comes to town, there are going to be some fans there, I would assume. I'm I'm interested. I somebody I did a radio hit last night, and they were asking me like, "Yeah, is AT and T really that good of a home field?" And I was like, "Look, your criticisms in the regular season are valid. Like we've seen that that plays out, but I've I've covered three playoff game. Is it three? I've been, I've covered the playoffs at AT and T, and it's different." It's different, oh, but this is San Francisco has a lot. They this is a different fan every base. time they're here. They they tend to show up at games, but now, we'll see how it but goes for the playoffs. Mm, so. Tickets are harder to come by, I would assume. But well, we're gonna find out. Why we're do you do f- like that? Well, you know, they our marketing department has decided to to put a, you know a certain color on this game, so we're gonna find out real quick. Oh, yeah, we'll see what it looks like. <laughs> it's you gonna know, be, if you white out. If you if you will be a white out. So for you Cowboys fans, where you're white, but yeah. That's. I mean, I doubt 49er fans are going to be wearing the the white jerseys. Got it. Rams so you'll were be able to easily see that that, that red. Was a, that was embarrassing. Rams were playing for the West yesterday, and SoFi was red. I mean, it's been a while. The game that everybody like that it it was eight years ago at this point. It was 2014 season opener. They lost to the Niners. Um, I think Kaepernick was still their quarterback, mm-hmm. and it was like 60 percent red. It was worse yesterday at SoFi. Yeah. Like it was even worse. Uh, that won't happen in the playoffs, though. I yeah. I trust the Cowboys I mean, fan base in the playoffs. I mean, I I think sometimes in the regular season, and this is the part you got to remember in the regular season. A lot of times, fans are thinking, you know, games I want to go to, games I right. don't want to go to. Where can I sell my tickets and maybe make back enough to cover most of my costs yeah. for the entire season? And those tend to be some of the games. It's not the division games. It's not a big time opponent. Let's say if if the 49ers aren't great that year, so yeah, that could be a part of the reason why. But I just know every time I've since I've been here, every time San Francisco comes to town. You see a lot of red. You see a, a lot of red. So, and they got a lot of fans. They're one of the teams in the league that have a lot of fans. And there is a traditional rivalry here between the Cowboys and the 49ers. Yeah. Well, it will. It'll have to happen this week. You know, it's stuff that's ha- this week. I mean, you Cowboy fans or secondary market, I guess, has it. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some, but 
either way, it's, like Dave said, it's different. It's just different there. I mean, we've all covered it. We've been there, and and and, and that's another thing. I, I thought it was an absolute perfect weekend for the Cowboys. Yeah, they're, they're not going to get all three wins. Carolina wasn't going to beat Tampa, but they got two, and you had to have the Rams. I mean, that was the only one that ha- you had to have. And then the, we 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 had heard all week it was going to be Monday night, and it was going to be a Monday night game. Mm-hmm. And it, the reason why it's not is because of those West Coast matchup. Because when they when they they could put those two teams in a good spot for them, they only they, they kick off at what five o'clock mm-hmm. Pacific or, time, yeah, yeah five, you know, but it's seven or whatever Monday night football. But it's, it's favorable for them. So when they got that four or five matchup, that's that that's what moved it. And the Cowboys get three thirty on Nickelodeon. So if it had been that. if it had been Cowboys Cardinals, we'd be, probably be talking about a Monday night game, right? Right. right. Yeah. But yeah. I mean. 3.30, and the good thing there is that's your rhythm. That's what you do anyways. You do Sunday to Sunday. This is no nothing out of the ordinary. And this week, that normal. means you get an extra, extra day because you played Saturday. So, yeah. yeah, it actually helps you a little bit uh, having that shorter week last week. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to do a little something I call talk about it. I'm going to give you guys some things I saw in the game, and you guys are going to talk about it. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done, get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbent attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him, it projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys, and Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to the break. All right, Cowboy Nation, it's playoff time. We just talked about it. Get ready to white out AT&T Stadium and cheer the Cowboys on to victory this Sunday, January 16th, 3.30. For the playoff updates, visit DallasCowboys.com slash 2021 playoffs. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Let's do some talk about it. I got some, uh, some things that I noticed in the game that I'll throw out to you guys, and I'll let you guys talk about what you saw uh, regarding these topics, let's start first with Dak Prescott. He was 21 of 27 for 295 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, 151.8 rating. 
pretty much a perfect day for him. He did set a club single season record for the most touchdown passes with 37 passing. Uh, Tony Romo at 36. Talk about it. Well, I thought it was it was outstanding for I Tommy mean, for for Dak. He played an outstanding game. They wanted that record for him. Um, he wanted you know wanted to. You could tell they were down two yard line. They were they were trying to throw it in there. Uh, he did it in you know he did it in sixteen games. Um, Romo played I believe sixteen games that year. Uh, he set out a half in at the end of the Washington game, and guess what? So did Tony. I mean, so did Dak. Yeah. He set out a half, at, you know, at the end of the season as well. Um, it's it's well deserved. What does it mean? I don't know, but well <laughs> there's a really great inside journalism like analogy here because a lot of time, like kind of lazy reporters who maybe aren't doing their job right or just want the player to do their job for them, they just say, "Talk about how you played today." And you weren't there on Saturday, so that's what me and Nick are doing right now. Just like, hey, talk about this thing that I didn't see. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, yeah, that's exactly that's my point. That's exactly it. I was not there. Jerry Madeline doesn't like the talk no, about. No, but guess what? We're going to do it. The big thing The big thing for me, and I, I want to be clear I, that this is in no way intended as shade. Um, Cedric Wilson, man. They, they, they got – they have something. They Like, I thought that was – the most impressive part about that game, about that performance for me, I mean, Dak was incredible. He only threw six. Or it's the shade. Be- because Gallup? they look, yeah, they look better. I look better. And it go, they look better. Uh, and like some of his best completions were to Cedric. The, some of the concepts that they got him open on, the the outbreakers. The uh, was it was it a third down or a f- it was a, it was the it was a third down on the first possession of the game. Cedric just ran like a ten and out. And Dak just it was it was probably it was, it was his best throw of the night. It was just a really pretty throw. And I get the way I, what I meant by I don't mean it by shade is I just can't help but think about the way this offense was moving when Cedric was in the lineup in the first half of the season when Gallup got hurt. Um, and just maybe something about the like he plays the slot and that opens Amari's and CDs rolls up a little bit. I think you also have to mention that again Philly wasn't playing anyone good, so that's probably part of it. But they just looked really fluid and it just makes me wonder, you know, I think Cedric Wilson maybe has something to do with that. I think one of the biggest thing for me is that you know the Eagles go in there, the offense starts moving, they almost intercepted a pass which ended up creating a big play for the Eagles and typically when things like that happen the Cowboys tend to struggle a little bit if the offense is unable to score once they go back into the field so I think that the biggest thing for me was that they didn't necessarily miss a miss a beat they went out there and were never really falling behind or trailing behind so that's when I see them struggle the most is when the opposing team scores and then they feel like they start feeling some kind of pressure, I think Dak, he seemed pretty comf- confident and comfortable out there on the field, which is huge because one of the things that I've been saying this whole time is that to me, he struggled, he's been struggling with something mentally when it comes to the game after he got back from that injury. So he seemed pretty confident and, and the way that he played, it, it's just going to be a great start, for, like I said earlier, to this next week. Let's jump to Zeke Elliott. He had 18 carries for 87 yards, a 4.8 average. Pretty good day for him. He did have a 26-yard long run, which I thought was a really good run for him as well. Um, how did Dak perform? I mean, how did Zeke perform? I thought he looked good. I thought he looked fresh. Um, 
yeah, twenty-six yard run. He he had some burst to him. I think my entire experience watching Zeke on Saturday night was okay. That was really good. Go sit down. <laughs> okay, that looked nice. Please go sit down. And I like again, it worked out for him. But especially in the second half, and I know he wanted a thousand yards, but I was just like. You're def- like you. You have an opportunity to get this guy off the field and get him some rest, and you're not taking it. And I, I mean, they finally did take him out, but I would have I would have sat him at halftime. And I, but again, I know the milestone's important. I get all that, but I thought he looked good, all things considered. What's funny about a thousand yard season is is when when I first started working here, a thousand yard season was a really good yep. year, and then in the middle of the year, a thousand yard season became eh. Now it's become a really good year again. It, it, it's the cycle of the way the league is. I saw a stat that this is the the NFL. This is the fewest amount of 1,000 yards rushing seasons mm-hmm. ever in the history of the NFL. Uh, only six. Damn. That that just goes to show that the, it is definitely a passing league. Talk and about it, why that is. Well, I mean, lo, there's a lot of reasons. Number one, there's not many dual backs. I mean, mm-hmm. there's not many you know just one back systems, and and, and the Cowboys don't have one. They got yeah. two two backs, so they got two guys that are sharing it. They're throwing the ball around a lot. It's very very much turned into a passing league, and and the durability of keeping these players healthy. We, I mean, Derrick Henry is un, unbelievable, and he's he's sitting at like nine fifteen. He's only played like half the year. Mm-hmm. It's just really hard to get a thousand. <laughs> one of the few guys that actually runs yeah. is the primary runner for his team. Yeah. Derrick Henry finished the regular season ninth. With 937 <laughs> yards, he played eight games. Yeah, my God. Yeah. I mean, and then well, 2000. If he if he can stay healthy, but that's yeah. the thing about a running back. Elijah Mitchell, who we'll see this weekend for San Francisco, 963 and only played 11. They they can run the ball, man. You know, this reminds me, and we'll, we're going to talk about this more this week as we get into it. But the more I start thinking about, it, I'm like, this is reminding me more and more what he's doing in San Francisco, and I'm talking about Shanahan. It reminds me so much of what his dad did in Denver. You remember how they used to just plug in running backs? They were talking about it on the show, on the uh, game broadcast last night. You know, you got Alandis Gary and, you know, uh, who would drone. Mike Mike Anderson. Yeah, they got all these guys. It just seemed like every year they'd run somebody in there. And if you played fantasy football, you just wanted whoever was the back in in Denver because you knew he was going to get production. And it's way more, and and this is another thing they mentioned, way more about the scheme there than it is about who's actually running the ball. And, uh, and, And I think it's the same thing here. I think these running backs. They can really hurt you, and it's not that they're great running backs. It's that they have a system that works, and as they said last night, if they have a running back that can actually find the hole consistently, he can work in that system, and I think that's what you're probably going to see this weekend. They look, they just look different when they run the ball. Yep. Like the way the way they scheme their blocks, the, they've got a, a true fullback that gets involved. Obviously, they got Debo doing his thing, but like at time when they just batten down the hatches, like we're going to run the ball, like. They had like an, a 14 or 15 play drive yesterday where it felt like they ran mm-hmm. the ball 12 of those 14 plays. And it I think that actually made me rather. They, they ran the ball a ton on They that look drive. like they're running the wing tee. Like yeah. they just they got tight ends pulling with guards and fullbacks out in the out in space. Like it just it looks very unique compared to what the rest of the league is doing. And you know what? I'm pretty impressed with Zeke right now because we've been talking about his injury since like week 4 is when I think he started getting hurt a little bit and then weeks came by and when and then we were like okay maybe this is the time to sit him out so he can rest a little bit he never did he was always there out there on the field so it's impressive to me that right now he's looking the way that he's looking because I see since 
the last two weeks, I would say, he has a different kind of burst. Uh, he seems more energized, more powerful. He's able to move a little bit better right now. And that was all done without him actually resting. So congratulations to them. I don't know what exactly they've been doing with the training staff and all that, but it, it worked. And I am glad that this is the type of seek that's going into the playoffs. All right, I want to go back to Cedric Wilson. You mentioned him. He was a five. He had five tar, five catches on six targets for 119 yards and two touchdowns. My question for you guys is, what are they missing by not having Gallup and replacing him with Wilson? And is there anything? This I think is the more important part. Is there anything you think they gain? Is there anything that Cedric Wilson does maybe better than Michael Gallup, or do you think it's pretty much an even split one way or the other? I think there's things that they both do better than the other. I mean, I, I, to me, I think uh, Cedric Wilson is a little bit more versatile in his and um, where he lines up. Now, they play different positions, but I think that, that he complements the other two guys a little bit better because of just when they're when Gallup's one of the three, you just got like three really good receivers out there. I think Wilson is a little bit more of a slot guy. I think he's he's just a lot more versatile. You can do some more trickery with him and all that. Gallup is just I think he's a he's a outstanding sideline uh, catcher and, and you know contested catcher. Um, but I mean, they're, they're, they're both great. They just feel it feels like it's just better connection between Dak and Cedric Wilson. I, and I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because that's I I don't I'm, I'm I don't think like they're better without Michael Gallup. That's silly. Right. And I think Michael Gallup is the best contested ball catcher and the best deep ball catcher on this team. Like if they're on the opposing 40 and they gotta you gotta take a shot at the end zone to win the game i would want the ball targeted at michael gallup in a perfect world but something which it sounds weird because yeah michael mike's a boundary guy like he doesn't really play he can but they just don't ask him to play the slot so you you would think that you have gallup and cooper on the outside with lamb in the slot like that's that that sounds very favorable to me and they've looked good doing that i mean the offense was great against tampa bay when they were all healthy um but moving Cedric into the slot and having those other two guys kind of interchange around him, it, it just seems like it works. He has chemistry with Dak. The guy's made so many great plays this season. And I don't know what to attribute it to, but it just kind of looks fluid when he's in there. Um, to me, and, and Nick said the word connection, Dave said chemistry, and that's exactly what it is to me. I don't think that one player is necessarily better than the other. It's like... If you're a professional dancer, you can dance with another professional dancer, but you're always going to look better with your partner. So it's it's to me, that's what it is. Like they, they can both dance and all do and do it well. But for some reason, Dak can dance better with set. You know, <laughs> I like that analogy, actually. Go ahead. That's, that's true. That, that is a good point. Like but it, it kind of messes up my point now. I was saying about how Cedric in the in the open field has really been good. He's probably mm -hmm. the best on the team. And he was that one time when he was dancing with Cooper Rush in Minnesota um, that was still working. But that pass over the middle, you know, if you remember the touchdown, mm -hmm. he was weaving through and turning the safety around. He had a touchdown six years ago, which was really like week four against, I think, Carolina, <laughs> when he caught, a, he caught like a slant over the middle and he did like that spin Remember that? Oh that yeah! Like that, that was like whoa. That was this season. This season, <laughs> my God! Right, it feels. Like, I mean, it's been a long year. And, and he had some plays in, in this last game where I mean, he's really yards after catch is you know for a guy that weighs 126 pounds, he he does kind of 
you know, he's very fluid in the in the open field. He had a play thinking of, thinking of plays that feel like a lifetime ago. He did, he had a play on a bubble screen against the Chargers. You know, Dak just flashed it to him in the flat, and he. He weaved, he weaved his way between about four guys. He picked up like 18, but I just remember thinking like, oh, if you'd cut that a different direction, you might be going to the house. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. So if they were going to give Michael Gallup an offer to stay, which was probably going to be something that they would, would reject, just move that over to Cedric Wilson. That's interesting, though, because maybe the injury affects what Gallup is willing to sign for. And I like. I would love to have Michael Gallup back. Like I, that's my point is I'm not trying to sit here and be like they're better without him. They should sign Cedric and not Gallup. I don't know about all that, but Cedric Wilson has had a really nice season. I don't even think of him as like, well, he's got to step up for this starter. It's like, no, you're just starter yeah. B. Like you're you're 3A instead of 4. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, so. like Stephen Jones, he said that they were not going to base their decision off Michael Gallup's injury, that's not really going to be a factor. But, I mean, that is that is going to be a factor. So that's another thing to look at is injury-wise. And, yeah. I mean, how many games have he, did he play total this year? Because he got that injury the first— Michael? Yes. He right. played the opener, and then he came back against Atlanta and got— so. I mean, different injuries. Less than, less than— half the season like yeah five five or six I, I don't know the number but yeah yeah it's just it doesn't help him it, it, it allows the Cowboys to see a preview of what it could be without him here. he actually he, he started eight games that seems high mm-hmm. but yeah all right we're gonna take our final break when we come back we're gonna jump to the defense I got some questions for you guys on defense and we also got to talk about the kicker we'll do that when we come mm-hmm. right back this is DallasCowboys.com radio Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. 
And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. WrestleMania comes to AT&T Stadium April 2nd and April 3rd. It's a two-day event. Visit SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing partner of AT&T Stadium. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Let's talk some defense and some special teams. Let's start first with the Dallas defense. They allowed 149 rush yards uh, in this game against Philadelphia, 4.5 average. Here's the kicker. 94 of that came in the first half, and that was when the game was still, I guess, somewhat in doubt. Uh, that being said, how concerned are you about this run game? Very. I mean, I'm sorry, this run defense. Very. And I, I mean, nothing to do with that Eagles game, just just in in general. Well, we asked this question last week, and no one seemed to be. I asked this question yeah. last week, and nobody seemed to be too concerned about the run defense at that point. No, I mean, and I don't think you're. I mean, I, let's just throw that game out the window because that's not how the Eagles run the ball. The Cowboys didn't have, you know, I mean, the Cowboys have three really key pieces that did not play in that game, mm-hmm. including Micah Parsons. They don't have their guy. That, their best they don't have their shutdown corner. They don't have their leading tackler in J. J. Ron Curse. And then they don't have the rookie of the year in Micah Parsons, you know, who's not going to win defensive player of the year, but he's going to win rookie of the year, yeah. and that's fine. So I, I think that, you know, I, I think that they'll be, they'll be as good as they, they can be. They're still going to have problems with a team that really does like to run the ball. But if they can stop it early, and they can put third and eight, third and nine situations, then I think it'll be a fun matchup to see what digs against Debo. I think he'll probably follow him around a lot. It'll be interesting to see how that how that shakes out. I did I said last week that I wasn't super concerned about it, but for everything missing on the Cowboys defense, the Eagles didn't play Landon Dickerson. They didn't play their starting right guard. They didn't play Lane Johnson. They didn't play Jalen Hurts, who having a running quarterback is a big part of being successful at running. Miles didn't, Sanders, didn't play Miles Sanders. Didn't play Jordan Howard. So yeah, that was the B-team offense. Kenneth Gainwell, rookie out of Memphis, fifth-round pick, just gashed them. And I know they didn't have guys, but it's disconcerting. And even still... The thing, if they were playing the Rams, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. They didn't play anybody. But they're playing a team in San Francisco that not only can run the ball, they are determined to do it. They got back into a game that they were trailing by three possessions by running the ball. Second half starts, they're down 17 to three. Quote Brian Broaddus, here we go. We're going to ram it right up your rear. They just marched down the field on it. So my point is. That's like my thing. Football 101 is like build a lead and take the run game out of it. I don't know if you can do that against yeah, San Francisco. Right. And so that's definitely disconcerting. I'm still feeling the same as last week, pretty much. I uh, think I would be freaking out and probably crying on my couch if <laughs> Micah Parsons is unable to play for whatever reason. So yeah. if uh, that, that was my – not that I needed any more proof – of what Micah Parson means, but that was like another revelation of like, oh my God, like <laughs> the amount of impact that he creates on that field in general, in the defense overall, it's unbelievable. So I'm good as long as Micah is back on the field. That right. is a very good point. Nick and I were talking about it in the press box, and Diggs not being there was part of it, but I, I was just like, this is a lot less fun without Micah. Like, it's not as fun watching this defense when he's not out there flying around. Yeah, yeah. he's the most exciting defensive player that I, I since I've been here, yeah. and, and and the only player that I've ever like looked for every snap. 
Yeah. Like I in the press box. I'm not even the quarterback that's about to get hit by him. I'm just I'm just where is he? Where's he lining up this time? He's gonna show me something fun. Yeah. yeah. And uh and then of course, you know, when he's not out there, then I go crazy in the press box. <laughs> Where's Micah? Get pissed off what are we about doing? it. it Happened in week two against the Chargers. <laughs> that's why I wanted the Chargers to win. Uh, because you know, at least they could be a playoff team. Because in my <laughs> opinion, I think it's the most important victory of the season uh, for the Cowboys. I thought that game was the game where we found out a lot about a lot of things. We found out that Terrence Steele can block. He's a pretty good player. Yeah. We found out Micah Parsons can rush the passer. So did Herbert. We found out, if we needed, that the Cowboy fan base in, in L.A. is still as strong as ever. And we found out you know, they're not going to go 0-2. They, 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 they split this thing. They go 1-1. One and one, and they needed that win after that first loss of the season. We thought it was good against Tampa, but they didn't win. They got a win. I thought that game really changed everything, and and it led to a big winning streak. I actually asked Dan about that last week. I Dan was like, Quinn? "Yep, yep." Sorry, Dan. I don't, know, I don't know what Dan it would be. Dan Quinn, the <laughs> Cowboys. Dan Bailey, Bailey. Right. Yeah, Dan Bailey. Uh, Rather, I was like, "Do you think it's fair?" You think it's fair to say that, like, and not to paint it as a good thing when you lose your guys, but like you were forced to move Micah to end. Yeah. Do you think it's fair to say that that changed the trajectory of his season? Like, maybe you don't just throw him a rookie into the deep end. And he was like, "Yeah, that's absolutely fair," because like we asked him to do it on short notice, he responded, and now you've got a better idea of what he's capable of. You feel more confident. You just learn. You learned so much new stuff about him because of that. So. I agree with you. That I think that game launched the Micah Parsons that we saw this season. I don't know if he would have had the same season if, w- if Demarcus hadn't broken. I'll say this real quick too. It probably created a certain amount of confidence for him too, not just in Dan, yeah. but also I'm sure Micah came out of that game feeling like, huh, okay, I can do that too. Okay, I can do this NFL thing. Right. You know what else happened in that game too is yeah. they also we also found out that when you really, really, really have to make the kick, Zerline can make the kick. Wow! What a segue. Are we going to go there? What well, a segue. No, we are going there. You said you we were going to. We are, yeah. So I thought I would just. I wasn't going to go there right then, but let's go there. Lay it let's, up there. Let's just go there. Zerline misses another extra point. They did not take Dave's advice and just sit him for the game. <laughs> and he goes out and he does what I think all of us were hoping he wouldn't do. We were hoping, just like the offense, he would he find his rhythm and everything would you'd go into the playoffs feeling better about him. He found his rhythm. True. He did I guess, exactly I guess what he's fair. done for two years. Yeah. I looked this up. He's an 87% on his extra points last year. This year, 87% on extra points. He goes out and kicks seven extra points. He makes six of them, which is 86%. Yeah. That's what he is. He's an 86, 87% extra point kicker. That's what he did. It, it is what it is, man. He did. He did. <laughs> there's he, nothing you can do. I know. You're, you're right. Because, there is nothing you're going to do. I thought, about, I thought about you. After the game, and I thought we pro- we talked about you and Z- and the Zerline yeah. thing in the press box. Yeah, you know, by the you know by late third quarter, we're just like, okay, this is we, yeah. we don't have to just be following this as yeah. close. So we were just sitting over there talking trash like, about you and your no, kicker, <laughs> your kicker but, thoughts. But but there's something that I thought of what what you want to happen, and what Cowboy fans, not just you, Cowboy fans want mm-hmm. to happen is they they want to feel good about it. Bucky said it too. I, they want to be able to see a field goal and, and feel he's going to make this kick. I don't want to have to worry Better about it. Better yet, extra point. Extra like, point. The kick is, uh, is one thing. Like The extra point, I want to feel right. like I can go to the restroom during an extra point. You will not be able to do that. I know. It I doesn't know. matter if they cut a guy. Hold and your they, pee. Yeah, hold, hold your pee. They bring, hold an, it. they bring another guy in. Like, it's... You're not going to feel better about it. 
so that part of the game is over. Like, might as well take a guy who has done it. He he corrects himself for the most part. He went out and made all those kicks and all that. He's it is what it, it is. Like, it's not going to be better. Though. Let me ask you this though: if if it's possible, because I think this might be it, that it's just a mental thing with extra points. Because it's not like he can't kick an extra point. He just is missing them. Is it worth maybe going and, and getting a guy off the street and keeping both of them in your, on your roster and using one for extra points and one for you other kicks? And you again, can't I'm do not, that now. I am not, no, I'm no, not oh, saying no, no. I wasn't. You really can. Now, I, now you could never do it before, but now you can with the way you could just elevate a guy. Right. Is it worth doing? I I don't know. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's so They're not new. going to. That's. I know that's a bummer of a way to approach yeah. this, but I just. What's the point? They're not going to do that. And also, I. A weird part of me. This is backward logic, maybe, but like, better the devil I know than the one I don't. Like, let me. I know. I kind of know what to expect from Zerline. Like. He's going to he he'll miss and then he'll make the next few in a row and I'm not going to feel good about it but you know he'll hit the important ones whereas like some new guy who I've never seen kick and now we'll, we won't see a new guy kick unless it's in a playoff game which yeah. is absolutely terrifying to me. <laughs> right. I get that. Yeah. Definitely. I would rather like I'd rather the guy that I don't trust that I've been watching for 2 years than some new guy that's never kicked in a cowboy game ever. That I don't like the sound of that at all. Right. All right. Is I mean, the, the kicking it, export over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's just, it is what it is. You guys said it already. I don't, bringing in a guy, it's like, okay, how much confident, confidence do you have in a guy that is just brand new in here? Also, how is he building that connection? And I, to me, like, kicking seems pretty easy. But in reality, <laughs> you got to connect with the placeholder oh, who's holding the ball and all that. So that's already there. That's already established yeah. with who they got here with Sirline. But it just like I said a few weeks ago, have your offense score enough points. Don't rely on your kicker. I'm, so yeah. that's what it is. That's what it comes down to at this point, Just I think. Play well enough to give him a lot of opportunities. Because if you go five of six on extra points, I'm okay. You, you, so you scored north of 30 points. That's pretty good. I'll the only thing take is, my chances with that. Yeah. The only thing is that I think going into the playoffs where you're going to be playing much better opponents, then you know as soon as you miss an extra point, it changes the strategy of the game. Yes. Um, now it, it it calls into question who's going to go for two and when are they going to go for two and how to not not just your team the other team as well. And so I think the strategy changes when you have those kinds of misses, and that's the part that's disconcerting. Is you you start tinkering with that and you find yourself in games that are just kind of you know you're having to do things you wouldn't normally do or your yeah. opponent starts doing things they wouldn't normally do just to kind of play that point game. Right. Well, I can't recall, other than one time, and I don't even remember what game that was, but I can't recall where they haven't felt confident enough to where it changed their game plan as far as what they're doing. What do you mean? With the Cowboys, everything that you mentioned, like, okay, are you going for it? Are you not? Are you kicking or whatever? I feel like has that... has that affected their game plan? Well, I think I think it, it, there have been games where, yeah, obviously, when you start trying to figure out, okay, okay, now that we're at six versus seven, now you the other team let's say, say scores two touchdowns. When do you go for two? At what point do you go for? Do you get, do it the next time you get a touchdown? Do you go for two at that point? Do you hold until later? Now you start having those kind of questions, and then the other team they're also playing that point game too now because they're like, is this a time where maybe we try to get up by ten? So do we go for two, right? So I think it just changes the strategy for everybody when you start getting misses 
of an extra point no, because now it, the I two get it, point, but yeah. I guess I, I worded it wrong. But what I'm wondering is, has there really been a time this season, this year, where you feel that the Cowboys' decisions were based on maybe them not feeling confident enough in their kicker? No, I don't know. No, no, that's no, what I was so. trying. No, to I don't think I don't think they've run from their kicker. Like if that's what you're asking, like I don't think they're their situation where like we're gonna go for no. it on fourth down just because we don't exam- trust our kicker. Here's a good example of that. In the first game of the season against Tampa Bay, I think he missed an extra point and a, a field goal. Yeah. It was a very, very bad start to the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the game, they were very conservative and waiting for him or you know, setting up a 48-yarder to take the lead. They were kind of playing for the field goal there. And so even though you know he had been kind of a train wreck throughout that yeah. game. So that if you're going to run from him, you would have done it in that one. But. You're you're not, and Nick made the best point of all. You're just you're not going to feel good about this. You're just not based on the body of work yeah. this season. But and I'm I'm kind of going off the dome here. But how many opportunities at like must have field goals has Zerline had this year? Tampa Bay, uh, New England tied it with like 20 seconds left to send it to overtime. Raiders. Which I mean, I, they lost that game, well, but he did his job. When Chargers. he's Chargers, uh, Chargers is the big one. When he's had an opportunity at like a must-have end of game field goal, I'm pretty sure he's made them all, except for New England. He, he missed had, before he, that. He, yeah, he missed because he he wanted Diggs to get an interception on the next play <laughs> to set that up. No, and he that, set up the interception. He said he yeah. set it up. But and going, but I, I <laughs> he know did miss that one. But he he missed it. But they got the ball back and then presented. He needed to make a kick with 20 seconds left to send it to overtime, yeah. and he did. And even, it was even more pressure. Yeah. 40 49 yards. So that's how I would console myself. Is just yeah. like. When he's had to make them, he's been pretty reliable. And that was kind of the point of the question I was asking earlier. Can you get somebody in here to kick extra points? Because it he can make those kicks. He can make those 40, 50-yard kicks when he needs them in games. Like, he's pretty consistent at doing that and yeah. doing that pretty well. It's the extra points for right. whatever reason. And that's why I think it's a mental thing. Like, at this point, it is a mental thing for him, those extra points. It's it just an, really is. It's I, the, the whole job is mental. Because yeah. every kicker in the league can kick from 50 yards out. That you're, That's why they're here. But you have to be really, really good at it. I, it has to be a mental thing. You know, because they all have a very similar physical skill set. Like, they can all kick the crap out of the ball. Yeah. Are we almost done? We got yeah, more we points. I, I want to say once, one more thing about special teams. You know, we John Fossil has been out, outstanding. I mean, the special teams has been really, really good this year. When you think about n- not just the blocked punts and things, they had a kickoff return for a touchdown, but he hasn't had one fake. He hasn't. They haven't faked the ball at all. And yet, the just the fakes he did last year. Look what it led to. The Cowboys set a franchise record in net average, which means. When, when everyone's worried about his fakes, so they're not really worried about. I mean, they're not going to just rush. They don't worry about a return. You just punt the ball. It's a fair catch, and it's to the yeah. point where a Cowboys record that there's a method to it. I say it all the time, and we're seeing it. They are really good on special teams because he throws that fake out there, and everyone's worried about it to the point where they're setting records for field position. Yeah. So I think kudos to them on what they've done. Yes, the field, extra point field goals have been shaky, but special teams have been really, really good this year. That's a great point. All right, we appreciate you guys. Jonas, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to start talking a little Cowboys versus 49ers. Still in for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, and Amber Garcia. I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. 
This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!